0: shall I? Um, Before we begin let's go through some quick boring reminders just because you know it's been a few weeks now and we get a bit complacent. Oh I'm going to try and talk slowly. We get a bit complacent. Sorry I'll try that again. Those of you at home you can uh, kick back for a moment because you don't need to know about this but when the time comes for communion please remember that you will be guided up to the front by John. Leave two meters between the person in front of you Do not take your masks off when you come and get communion. And go back as if you're country dancing around the outside, back to your seats. At that point, you can take your mask off and receive the bread. And if you do need the toilets, please use the ones at the back of the hall. And I think everyone has received a track and trace form or signed themselves in. But if not, please make sure you do that before you leave. What else do I need to remind you? I'd like to welcome, those of you that aren't here, you can't see, but um, welcome to Osa and Sarah. It's lovely to have you in the congregation with us today. Oh, and there's a little round of applause at home. Why not clap them too? (laughs) It's great to have you here with us this morning. Um, For your prayers this week, we have the food share starting about nine in the hall tomorrow. And then we have some exciting family activities, um, which Jeanette has put together, and so we'd love you to be praying for those. There is... A holiday film club on Tuesday there is a pumpkin heroes worship kind of party ish event yeah I know I described that really well didn't I but it's really exciting and it's happening on Saturday at four and in fact that can be any age if you just email Jeanette and let her know you're coming so we can make sure we've set you out apart from other families and we've got a pumpkin ready for you and also next week it is the 24 hour prayer event which Many of you have already signed up to, so thank you for those who have already put themselves on the rotor to be praying for an hour slot next weekend from, okay, does it begin? I can't remember if it begins at 9 or 10. Uh, slowly. It begins at 10. Oh my goodness, I should have prepared better, shouldn't I? It begins at 10 next Saturday, and then we're going to be praying all the way through until the, the next day, which will be Sunday, funnily enough. Sunday follows Saturday. So if you haven't signed up, it would be great for you to sign up to a prayer slot. It doesn't matter if someone else has already signed up to that time. It doesn't matter how many of you are praying through each hour slot. But you can sign up either, um, there's a paper form out the back of church if you'd like to sign up today, or you can do it by the website online. There's a really easy link, and you will be uh, signed up to a time slot. So I think that's all about what's happening in the next week. But later in today's service, uh, we are blessed today. Ivan is going to be coming and talking to us about Saul the persecutor. So we have that to look forward to later in the service. But for now, please join in with these opening responses by saying the words in bold with me. We are here to worship a remarkable God. The love of God welcomes us. The grace of Christ awaits us. The joy of the Spirit enfolds us. Come as the joyful. Come as the eager. Come as the thankful. Come as the recipients of amazing grace. The love of God overflows our hearts. The grace of Christ liberates our spirits. The joy of the Spirit sings in our minds. And so now it's time for our first song. So if you're here, I invite you to stand and hum along at home. Feel free to sing as loud as you like.
1: So I'm
0: Please be seated. We now approach our time of confession by becoming aware of God's presence, a God from whom no secrets are hidden, a God who is a God of forgiveness and peace. I invite you to join in with the words in bold. When our selfishness betrays you, Lord, forgive us. Christ, have mercy. When we fail to share the pain of your suffering, Lord, forgive us. Christ, have mercy. When we are afraid of being known to belong to you, Lord, forgive us. Christ, have mercy. And may the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins and restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now Phil is going to bring us our reading.
2: The reading this morning comes from Acts 22. Verses 6 to 10. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Let's pray for Ivan now as he comes to bring us. The, his word. Lord, we thank you for the preparation that Ivan has put into today, and we, thank, we pray that we will have ears to hear as he opens up this passage to us and speaks about how Jesus appeared dramatically in the life of Saul. Amen.
3: about you, but I sometimes hear a particular phrase or saying, and it goes round and round my head, and I keep coming back to it to mull it over, and I'd like to begin with two of these which are meaningful to me. Um, Here's the first one, and I'll show you a picture of the man who said it. Uh, Not that. Does anybody know who it is? Sterling Moss, Moss, correct. (laughs) Um, It's the late, great Sterling Moss, or should I say Sir Sterling Moss, and he sadly died, died last April. And they say he was the greatest driver never to win the world championship. But this is what he said at the height of his career. I'm frightened of death, I know it means going to meet one's maker, and one shouldn't be afraid of that, but I am. He obviously had some idea about God, but sadly, I'm not aware that he did anything about it. Here's another one, just listen to this. problems with Jesus Christ superstar which presents Christ's betrayal and crucifixion from Judas's perspective Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice who wrote it were probably just trying to make as much money as they could and they weren't too worried about inaccuracies but be that as it may they really hit the nail on the head when they focus on the true identity of Jesus who was he? Or as they say, do you think you're what they say you are? Which brings us in a roundabout way to the passage we've just heard from the book of Acts about Saul or Paul. You may be interested to know that Saul comes from the Hebrew and Paul from the Latin, Paulus. As Paul's preaching was mainly directed at the Gentile world, that's those who are not Jews, It makes sense to refer to him as Paul. Jesus appears to him on the road to Damascus, and Paul asks a similar question. Who are you, Lord? Then he asks, what shall I do? These are two crucial questions. We, too, have to decide who Jesus is. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. "You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. What does Jesus mean to you? Because if he really is who he claims to be, that begs the question about what we are going to do about it. How should we respond? Doing nothing is not an option. Paul is a wonderful picture of a man whose life was dramatically transformed. And it's no coincidence that the expression Damascus Road experience has crept into everyday speech. On his own admission, Paul had it in for the early Christians. And he set out to cause them as much aggravation as he could. And if God can exert such a radical influence on a firebrand like Paul, He can do the same for anyone. He can change us too. You may have heard the expression OMG, oh my God. I understand it's now made its appearance in the Oxford Dictionary. Unfortunately, the words trivialize the way we should be in awe of God. Surely Paul must have had an oh my God moment in its proper sense. Certainly Thomas, Jesus' disciple, did when he refused to believe that Jesus had risen from the dead. And then he saw him in the flesh. Oh my, my Lord and my God, was his spontaneous response. None of us have seen Jesus in the flesh. But do we have any experience of his presence with us? It may be through prayer, the Bible, Christian friends, or maybe all those channels. Paul told others about his newly found faith. And he went on to write a third of the New Testament. He involved himself with fellow Christians wherever he went. And he realized what a mess he'd made of his life and how much damage he'd done by persecuting innocent Christians. And he realized at the same time that God had forgiven him. That can be our experience too. No matter how far we've fallen short of God's standards, we can be forgiven and have a new start. Paul must have felt great remorse for all those he'd killed, but the slate was wiped clean. He was forgiven. We too can be forgiven for things we've done wrong and where we've fallen short of God's standards. I find it so encouraging that the so-called great personalities in the Bible are all flawed characters. Think of David, who had a man killed so he could have his wife. Or Peter, who denied Jesus three times. And I have to smile when I read that after the flood, Noah planted a vineyard, and what did he do? He got drunk. How about Rahab, the prostitute? She is mentioned, surprisingly, as one of the heroes of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11. I must admit, had I been writing the book of Hebrews, I would have been tempted to leave her out. But of course I'd have been wrong, as God has his own way of doing things. None of the so-called heroes was perfect, but God worked through them. And the good news is that if God can work through men and women who made disastrous mistakes, he can work through you and me. Can I ask you, are you a carrot, an egg, or a handful of coffee beans? Let me explain what I mean. If you fill three saucepans with water and put carrots in one, eggs in another, and ground coffee beans in the third saucepan and bring them all to the boil for a few minutes, what happens? The carrots become soft, the eggs go hard thanks to the boiling water. However, the coffee beans react differently as they change the water and produce coffee to drink. I wonder which you are. Like the carrots, it's so easy to be softened up as we get used to doubtful practices which we know to be unchristian. And as we get used to them, we go with the flow. And so we have no impact on the society in which we live. Or are you an egg? The egg protects itself by becoming hard. Like the egg, we can resist ungodly behavior, but walk away from it and do nothing about it, so the evil remains unchallenged. Or are you like coffee beans, because you have a Christ-like influence on your surroundings? I'm going to quote now Teresa of Avila, the 16th century who said uh, actually she said it in Spanish but I'm uh, I'm going to give it to you in English this morning this is what she said Christ has no body now on earth but yours no hands but yours no feet but yours yours are the eyes through which the compassion of Christ must look out on the world yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good. Yours are the hands with which he is to bless his people. What should we be doing during this time of pandemic, which is so ramped up by the media? Possibly we cannot help those who are suffering from the virus, but what about those who are deprived of meeting their loved ones or just worried about what's going on? We probably can't help physically, but something as simple as a phone call can mean so much to someone who feels isolated and forgotten. Or perhaps we can do some shopping for them. It helps so much to know that we care. Do you make any difference to the world you live in? Do non-Christian friends and colleagues know where you stand spiritually? Or have you ever heard that condemning comment, I never knew you were a Christian? Like Paul, we're called to invite others to find faith in Jesus. And in, this, in his case, having persecuted others, he ended up being persecuted himself. And we might, may not face persecution in this country. In fact, when we hear about Christians being persecuted abroad it's a bit like going to see the animals in the zoo. They're in special enclosures so we can observe them in safety without putting ourselves at risk. But there are far too many parts of the world where that's not the case. And although I shudder to say this, there could well come a time of persecutions for Christians in this country. So we need to be ready In the meantime, though, do we pray for those believers who are facing persecution for their faith on a daily basis? Even if we don't face persecution, we will almost certainly face ridicule for being one of the God Squad, or whatever they choose to call us. At times like that, it doesn't help to engage in long, detailed discussions, but it is worthwhile choosing a pithy saying For others to chew on. For example, if someone suggests that the Christian faith is a leap into the dark, how about saying that atheism is a crutch for those who are afraid of the light? We're supposed to be like coffee beans, the coffee beans I was talking about. Jesus talked about being salt and light, but it basically means the same thing. We're also support, supposed to support our fellow Christians. If we are able, we should make financial contributions to missionaries and Christian organizations in the UK and abroad. But we should also help and even challenge our brothers and sisters in the faith in other simple ways. Maybe the odd word of encouragement, phone call, especially during these difficult times when some of us are having real struggles. Don't forget that when Jesus taught his followers to pray, he said that they should say our father, not my father. We're in this together, the idea being that all Christian believers are part of a worldwide family, past, present, and future. Actions speak louder than words. Nevertheless, we should choose our words carefully. Paul acknowledged the sincere motives behind their desire to kill him, pointing out that he'd done the same thing to Christian leaders a few years earlier. And he tried to establish common ground with his audience before launching into a full-blooded defense of the Christian faith. And before witnessing to our Christian faith, we too should take the opportunity to build bridges wherever we can. You may have noticed that Paul's audience pricked up their ears when he spoke to them in Aramaic, because that showed that he respected the language, and also he knew that he would be more widely understood. Now, you don't need to learn a foreign language, but the language we sometimes use can sound quite strange to those who don't go to church. Time doesn't permit this morning, but let me list some of the words and expressions which possibly fail to communicate and sometimes cause confusion. Here we go. Conversion. Some people think of a, a loft conversion, but use it, it's mainly used in that context. A sin. Now, a sin these days is, is an item of uh, food which is not on your diet. Born again, what does that mean to some people? It can mean packaged in a different format. Evangelical, that can mean that you're a keen advocate of a particular point of view, whatever that may be. Fundamentalist, that's often used to imply that someone's fanatical and has extreme views you can think of all the others, righteousness, repentance, redemption, and my favorite, washed in the, lo- in the blood of the lamb that was slain. You can certainly think of many other examples. And I'm sure you all know what they mean. And they're all great expressions. But some would see them as religious gobbledygook. It doesn't have to be. Surely, we can seek out better ways of expressing ourselves so others can understand. So there you have it. We started with Sterling Moss, who had some awareness of the spiritual dimension. We progressed to the musical Jesus Christ Superstar, which challenges us to focus on who Jesus is. And we saw how Paul had a dramatic revelation of Jesus and how that changed his life. We were challenged as to whether we were like carrots, eggs, or coffee beans, and ended up considering how we could communicate the Christian message more effectively. Remember that just as Paul was given a specific task to be God's witness to all people of what he'd uh, seen and heard, so you too, if you're a follower of Jesus, have a mission. I fancy it won't be the same as Paul's because you are not Paul. We used to sing a hymn which sums it up beautifully. Uh, There's a work for Jesus. This is what it says. There's a work for Jesus ready at your hand. Tis a task the master just for you has planned. Haste to do his bidding. Yield him service true. True. There's a work for Jesus none but you can do. Work for Jesus day by day, serve him ever, falter never, Christ obey. Yield him service, loyal, true. There's a work for Jesus none but you can do. Okay, you may say that's a bit corny, and it certainly sounds dated, which is not surprising because it was written over 100 years ago. But it hammers away at the simple truth that there's a work for Jesus that none but you can do. You're unique. I wonder, what is your unique contribution? Actually, I don't think you can always work that out for yourself. Sometimes you need the help of a Christian friend, Uh, maybe a husband, a wife or some close friend to establish what it is that you're particularly good at. Don't be afraid to ask. And at the same time, we should be helping other brothers and sisters in the faith to ascertain what their gifts are. Which brings us back to the questions posed by Paul on the road to Damascus. Who are you, Lord? What shall I do? How do those two questions relate to you? What is your experience of God? What should you be doing? And are you doing it? I've prepared a a sheet called Points to Ponder, which you may have received by email, but if you haven't, please let me know, and I'll arrange for you to have a sheet sent to you in some format or another. And I hope you'll find it useful as you reflect on what I've said. Thank you. I'm in.
0: Thank you to Ivan for that. Um, we're going to have a moment of quiet reflection as we sit and think about what it is we might be being called to do. And that time of reflection is then going to lead into um, the song, I Will Follow. loving Father, as many things change around us, help us not to be fearful, but to trust in you. May we lean into your almighty power to be there in the midst of it all. Give us strength to rise above every situation and overcome the darkness. May we trust that you have a plan for us and that it is a plan to prosper and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. We pray, Lord, that we might be your people and that filled with your spirit, we can bring joy where there is sadness and light where there is darkness. May we be peace bringers amidst the chaos. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Lord, we are your church, and we give you thanks for those through the ages who have fed and nurtured us with your word. At this time, where many are unable to come to the building, we pray for us to be able to reach out and be with one another in different ways. Help us each to be a living sacrament of love as visible signs of your invisible grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Teach us, dear Lord, how to be still. When there is chaos around us, help us to take time to hear the still, small voice of calm, We pray for leaders of nations. We pray that you might slow them down, Lord. Give them space to hear you speak. Give them wisdom and discernment. We pray that all in leadership roles might act full of your love and grace. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. God of health and wholeness, we thank you for the ministry of Jesus to the sick, demonstrating that you want us to be well enough to live the abundant life your Son promised. In a moment of quiet, we pray for all we know who are unwell at this time, for those in pain, for those with long-term illnesses, for those who are weary. Give to all those suffering the peace, light, and healing of your living presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer ever-welcoming God, remind us that you are our true home, and we will be restless until we find our rest in you. Live in us, work in us, love through us, as we seek to follow your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Taking bread, he gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. At the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Father, we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. We remember his dying and rising in glory. And we rejoice that he intercedes for us at your right hand. Pour out your Holy Spirit as we bring before you these gifts of your creation. May they be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. As we eat and drink these holy things in your presence, form us in the likeness of Christ. And build us into a living temple to your glory. Bring us at the last, with all the saints, to the vision of that eternal splendor for which you have created us, through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom, with whom, and in whom, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven. We worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise blessing and honor and glory and power be yours forever and ever amen as our savior has taught us so we pray our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in heaven And feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. As we receive communion today, there will be some Teze music playing in the background. And the first song you're going to hear is based on the beginning of Psalm 117. Sing praises all you peoples. Sing praises to the Lord. And so as you receive communion today, I pray that you might receive it with joy in the knowledge of what Jesus has done for you. Let's remember those who aren't able to join with us either online or in the building this morning. Lord, we pray for those who aren't able to join us in any way. And we just ask that your spirit would surround them, that they would fill your blessing upon them this day and always. Amen. Let's join in and say the prayer after communion together. God, our Father, you fill the hungry with good things and send the self-satisfied away empty. In this Eucharist, you have filled us with the word and the bread of life of your son, Jesus Christ. Make us hunger now for his coming in the hearts and the homes of all. Fill us with his spirit of service and self-forgetting love that through us, he may become near to people We ask this in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. And now I invite you to stand and hum or sing along once again to our final song.
4: Come set you and reign in our hearts again. in us we pray, unveil why we're made, come set our hearts ablaze with hope, like wildfire in our very souls, Holy Spirit come invade us now, we are your church.
0: Let's keep on building God's kingdom here. And now may we go into the world to walk in God's light, to rejoice in God's love, and to reflect God's glory. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.